Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. All right, welcome back to uh, a special edition of We Are Seek and Strike podcast uh, during the uh, the quarantine times. Uh, uh, we've got a special guest joining us on uh, today's show, uh, none other than Mr. Beezer himself, Chris Weehan. Let's go ahead and bring him into this conversation with us. Chris, how you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And of course, joining us is my co-host Josh Kaskinen. Josh, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well, man. It's almost the weekend. Right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> not not that that not. feels much different than the work week these days, but. <laughs> right, right. So, so Chris, we uh, we're real stoked to have you on. Um, obviously, I, I feel like it's been a long time coming. You know, here we are, season two, um, and. Uh, you know, we're just we wanted to just kind of, you know, just chat and just kind of get to know you better. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's weird times right now, certainly. Um, yeah, it feels like, like, you know, we're trying to stay fit and stay active, but it, it feels weird um, with no games being played. Um, it's kind of like we've lost our identity a little bit. Um, but yeah, just thankful that I'm healthy and that my family's healthy and, and the team is healthy so far. So, and uh, yeah, just super thankful and grateful for a lot of things right now. Right on, right on. So I, I kind of wanted to jump into your childhood a little bit. Like, I, you know, obviously we sent some questions ahead of time, which we will get to, um, but I kind of wanted to jump into some of the early, early Weehan days. Um, you kind of touched my heart lately with the uh, nostalgia pictures um, on Twitter. So I, I wanted to kind of dive back a little bit. Um, so you were born uh, in the city of Orange, um, right? And you, you pretty much spent most of your early childhood in, uh, in uh, Laguna Niguel? Yes. Right on. So what was your childhood like uh, as best as you remember it kind of growing up? Like were you kind of like a, like a beach kid? Like what, you know, what, what was kind of your vibe back then? Yeah, so um... – well, I'll get into that, and then I'll talk about soccer. Um, so I grew up, yeah, in Laguna Niguel. That's where I was born and raised. Um, I think my parents moved into the house that I grew up in in 1994, the year I was born. So that's kind of the only house I remember growing up in. I'm one of six kids, so big family, um, great parents. Uh, my dad uh, started his own business, um, you know, worked hard. Um and then, yeah, I grew up, you know, 10 minutes from the beach, which super fortunate. I feel like in, in missing that a lot right now in times like this where you're kind of, you know, cooped up. And, and, you know, the beach was always something that whenever I felt cooped up or I felt kind of bored, especially in the summertime, it was, oh, I'll just go down to the beach. So, uh, yeah, definitely a big um, beach kid growing up. Um, not really a surfer or anything, just like to be down there, be in the water. Um, me and my buddies, we always like to go down there in the summertime. Um, and then soccer wise, I started playing soccer when I was like six. Um, and I have two older brothers, uh, Garrett and Patrick. Garrett's my oldest brother. He started playing. He kind of set the path for all of us. He started in soccer. My, my, 
parents didn't play soccer. They didn't know anything about soccer. Um, so Garrett jumped into soccer. Um, and then we all just kind of followed in his footsteps. And my brother Patrick played. And then I started playing at six. And from six until now, 26, been playing soccer. So have any of your other siblings made it, uh, you know, D1 or professional at all? Yeah. Um, so I'll kind of, I can kind of touch on all of them. My oldest brother went to Cal Poly Pomona. Okay. Um, and he, he tried to walk on the team there. I think it's division two school. Um, and it didn't quite work out, but he always had the path of going into architecture. So he was like, you know, I'm just going to stick with school. And he's, he's had a really good architecture career um, to date. So that was kind of his path. My brother Patrick went to school at the Cal Maritime Academy, which I think is NAIA school. Okay. And, um, you know, he actually – he'll tell you himself the quality was really bad for soccer. It's a merchant marine school. So it's a very specialty in terms of um, what they're going to school there for and what they're studying. And so soccer was just kind of like, hey, yeah, we'll do it. Something for to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had a great career. I think he's still got the um, – goal scoring record uh for the cal maritime academy oh, which that's is awesome. pretty cool. That's cool um and then myself and then my two i have two younger sisters neither of them played um in college or anything my sister right below me sarah she had a shoulder she broke her collarbone that kind of um ended her soccer career a little bit and then my little sister claire um she all she's been more of a fan of the game she's always loved watching and and big sports fan but never uh she played herself but um was never going to go on and play in college or anything it just wasn't for her and then my youngest brother charlie he's um playing at stanford right now so he just finished his junior year um so he got a scholarship to play at stanford won a national championship his freshman nice. year and yeah so um he came out here last summer and trained with us um, nice. for for a week. So it's cool. Yeah, it's been fun following his career, and hopefully, he goes on to play professionally. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, that's way cool. I could only imagine like like summers with the Weehan family, everyone outside playing hacky sack <laughs> and whatnot up in the up in the porch. Yeah, yeah. No, my uh, I grew my little brother especially. He, him, and I were really close, and, and um, we had you know some competitive little games we'd make up in the backyard. Whether it was just shooting on each other, one one person's in goal, and, and one person's shooting, and little competitions and one on ones and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm I take you know I I'm take responsibility for him being uh, successful and, and going on to Stanford. Nice, nice. There you go. There you go. Get that. Credit where credit is due. That, that transfer yeah. fee right there. That transfer fee. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so so then is everyone in the family pretty much like a scorer then? Because it, like, I mean, from what you've said so far, it seems like everyone is like just on that, on the team sheet, like the all the time. side. Say that again. Like, is everyone pretty much on the offensive side in your family as far as it comes to like playing? Just as far uh, as. In my family? Yeah, as far as like goal scores. Um, definitely myself and my younger brother, my brother, Patrick. Yes. He was a forward. Um, that's pretty much all he did. Just play forward. He wasn't much of a defender. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, I would, I would say so. My, my little sister, Claire played, played defender a little bit. Okay. Now I was kind of reading up on the high school days. Like, you know, of course we're thankful for the, uh, the Lobo page, long live the Lobo page. That's like super informative, right? It's got like almost everything on there. Um, and I was really, I dug into the high school and 
you like really kind of started turning up there like your sophomore year you like that was your first year on varsity that year my junior year uh for elisa nigel when you went to yeah yeah yeah. so it said that you were a three-time varsity player and that you uh you were a captain your junior and senior year Yeah, I captained two years, uh, my junior and senior year. Um, yeah, I mean, the high school days were, were just a blast. Those are like some of my – I don't look at back on it and, and necessarily say it, it helped me to be where I am, um, but it did help in the fact that, like, those were some of the best days I had playing soccer with, with my buddies, you know, kids you're going to school with and, and, you know, you're at lunch with and you're talking about, you know, the game you're playing tonight and – um, you know, it was just such a good time. And, and I was, yeah, I was super fortunate to, to, um, be captain of the team. my um, my junior and senior year and, and, um, not too many, um, not too many super talented players, um, came out of our, our high school. We had a really good collection of, of good soccer players. Um, but unfortunately the talent was so strong in Southern California that, we didn't we didn't do too much in terms of playoffs or state or anything like that. It's state is is such a harder thing to accomplish in Southern California than it is in New Mexico. Right. Um, but but no, it was just I had such a good time and, and so many good memories and playing high school soccer. Right on. Do you see so like you know watching like LeBron's son Bronny Jr. play? for Sierra Canyon, you have these schools in basketball that are like, they kind of go outside of the state athletic association and they travel to Minnesota and Columbus, Ohio and wherever else. Like, is there anything like that with high school soccer? Not in Southern California. Um, I mean, if we were traveling, it was like our biggest travel of the year was like an hour and a half North to LA and we play one tournament in LA and we play teams that we wouldn't play otherwise unless we made it to playoffs in Southern California, there's playoffs before there's even state. And so if we made it to playoffs and we made it late, like deep into playoffs, like close to the quarterfinals or semifinals, then we're traveling up to LA and maybe, um, or inland, um, schools like that. But yeah, our biggest travel was like an hour away on a bus. Everything else was like, our conference was like, every school is like 10 minutes, maybe even five minutes away. There's just, you know, so many people and, yeah, and such good talent in Southern California that you really weren't traveling much. Yeah. You're not getting that in New Mexico. You got to work a little harder <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, so I, I was reading up, uh, I looked at the OC varsity um, dream team, 2012. And, uh, and I copied the, the inscription. I was going to read it, but it basically it had it made out to Beezer Weehan, which we'll get into. And it said the senior, this senior <laughs> is one of the better defensive midfielders in the, in the county, and he has helped the Wolverines become one of the top five teams in the county in the most recent uh, coaches poll. He finished last week with two goals to help the Wolverines open South Coast League play uh, 2-0. And obviously, like, you've gotten the, uh, the spirit of the Wolverine Award a couple of years uh, in your high school time as well. Um, so what did it like mean to you to kind of be nominated to this sort of dream team, like in your senior year, more or less? 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, my high school was funny because soccer was like kind of, I wouldn't say like irrelevant, but, but like in Southern California, there's, you know, you, you weren't becoming popular in terms of your team, unless your team was like going to win CIF or, or which was our playoffs or, or you're going to go to state. Um, otherwise like nobody really like, they kind of recognized us a little bit, but not much, you know, it was more, our baseball team went to, um, like the pl- playoff finals and they played at Dodger stadium. So like that was a big deal, but up until then, you know, it was just kind of irrelevant. Um, same with soccer. So it felt, it felt great to get that recognition individually. Um, but, but yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was it was hard, you know. Our team, we just weren't, we just didn't have the quality to go on and go deep into. It was it was great to finally get some recognition within Orange County for our high school, and, and that felt great. But that description is awful. But I wasn't really playing tournament <laughs> in high school, <laughs> so I'd be curious to who's writing that or what game they're watching. Right. Well, I thought it was interesting that they like inscribed it to your nickname, and so I so forgive me, like I don't know why you're called Beezer, but it's obviously on everything. And I've probably missed an, an interview where someone asked, but you know, and I know Josh wants to know exactly as yeah, well. I've, like, I've never heard the story behind that one. Yeah. So we really want to know. Okay. So um, yeah, I, I'd be curious to know too, like how they got that on, uh, on the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the high school OC varsity. Yeah. OC varsity was like the website for uh, the OC register right? in, in Orange yeah. County. Um, so I'd be curious to know who wrote that or how they got that information. But so the story is my, uh, my oldest brother, Garrett, he's five years older than me. So when he was five at the time, he thought he could speak Spanish, um, for whatever reason. So, you know, whatever's going on in his mind at five years old. So he thought he could speak Spanish or he was really into it. And he thought that I look like a bee when I was born. So he's looking at me and he, he thinks I look like a bee and he thinks he can speak Spanish. So he comes up with Beezer in his mind. Beezer is Spanish for bee. <laughs> so he starts calling me Beezer, Beezer. And then it just stuck. And that's the only name I really remember growing up by was, was Beezer. It was like your family so and I, your I parents to, called I you go, that. Yeah. I mean, my parents called me that my siblings called me that. I mean, it, it was, my everyone called me that and so it was a thing you know it'd be like I dread the first day of school because you know the teacher's reading off the the roster for the class and you know Christopher and I and I'd have to raise my hand and be like no um by Beezer and I'd always be scared that you know I'd get some backlash from the teacher whether it'd be like your name's Christopher. Like, I don't even know how you come up with that. It's, it's, you know, it's not like it's shortened. So, you know, bees are shortened for Christopher. So they'd be like, where'd you come up with that? I'm not, some, some would be like, I'm not calling you that. Yeah. So it was just, but then I'd have all my, but like all my friends in class, like, nope, nope. That's his nickname. Like, that's what everyone calls him. He's not lying. He's not, you know, trying to play a joke on you. So it's a good story. I'm glad I know yeah. that. <laughs> that, that is a good story and i mean i can only imagine how you could play that to your advantage like nope call me beezer not not doing it <laughs> that's tight man that's that's so exactly. killer right so then 
I mean, like, cause you're kind of saying that, like, you know, soccer wasn't like a big thing in that high school, but like then around that time, like, you know, obviously when you're finishing up high school, then obviously it's kind of on to the next thing. You're obviously looking to play collegiate soccer. I mean, what were your choices other than New Mexico at that time? Cause I kind of did a little digging on top drawer back in like 2011 and it looked like the Lobos were sitting with a preseason of like 11 there, but then there are other schools like, uh, what was it? Uh, Indiana and Georgetown that were like huge that year, Maryland, whatnot. Um, they were kind of preseason rankings. They were sitting like top. So, I mean, what were your choices? Um, you're saying my choice to high school for colleges? Uh, your, your choices of colleges uh, to go play, like, were you getting were you getting scholarship interest for the most part at that time? I love this story because I wasn't getting looked at at all. Um, you know, obviously, going back to what I've been saying, coming from Southern California, there's so much talent. Um, and you know, I think my, when I was going, when I was in high school and I was like, my dream school was Santa Barbara. I wanted to go to Santa Barbara. Um, just the atmosphere. They were good at soccer, great program, great history, you know, 10,000 fans at a game, like who wouldn't want to play there and being only two hours up the road. I felt like that was, you know, far enough, but also on the coast and being from California, it just all sounded great. And I remember being at a tournament in club and asking my coach, you know, this is where I want to go to school. And he reached out to them and I think they showed up. And I, I remember playing really well in anywhere the assistant coach for Santa Barbara was there. And I think I even like won a PK. I scored a PK. Um, just felt like I played an overall great game. And at the end of the game, it was like the response from the coach to my coach was like, ah, He's okay. And being pretty bummed about it. And so wasn't really recruited much. Went, um, wanted to go to San Luis Obispo as well. Those were That was also a school high on my list. Same thing from their coach was just kind of like, eh, whatever. So story is played ODP in Southern California, went to a tournament and got seen by Brandon Moss, who's the assistant coach for uh, the Lobos and um, send me an email. It was just very direct. Hey, we like you. We'd love to have you out on a visit. Let's, let's organize this. Had great phone calls with him. So with my, we were on a family vacation, and we were in San Francisco, and the whole family was there. So we, we drove to San Luis Obispo, and I went to make an unofficial visit. And the coach there, and at the time, they were playing New Mexico that night. <laughs> so I was getting – Recruited by New Mexico, you know, I think I was the only one. I was trying to recruit myself to San Luis Obispo. The coach was, like, halfway interested. So we set up this unofficial visit with San Luis Obispo, drive down. The coach, like, blows me off for a couple hours, like, ah, come back. He was like, be here at 9. We're there at 9. He's like, ah, come back at 11. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. So meet with him. It was, like, really weird conversation. After the game – Brandon Moss and Paul Souders, who were the assistant coach for New Mexico, came over to me, met my family, talked to me. And this is at San Luis Obispo. It was like I was like getting recruited by New Mexico at San Luis Obispo. <laughs> came on a visit to New Mexico, and they were just really straightforward. You know, we want you to come out here. We want you to play out here. And I went home, 
you know, home Sunday morning, Sunday evening, I was calling um, Fishbine, telling him that I'd love to come to school in New Mexico. So, but yeah, I mean, other than that, really not recruited. No, no offers from anyone else. Just halfway interest from St. Mary's and halfway interest from San Luis Obispo, and that was that was it. No official offers or anything other than New Mexico. So, did that like made it an easy choice? Did the attitude from the Lobos coaches like help make that decision a little easier? You know, just the fact that you're at San Luis Obispo and here they are talking to you. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was – that's definitely what made it easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, when, when you – it's like in anything. If you feel like someone wants you, then, then you're more inclined to go with them than if someone's who's like, yeah, you can, you can you know, come here, I guess. Right, and try to walk on We'll see if you can earn a spot on the team or – I think you're a good player. I don't know. Like, it felt like the coaches barely even seen me play. But New Mexico, you know, for whatever reason, they saw me play. They liked me. They knew it. And it was confidence from their end gave me some confidence as well. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And so then you go on to – and see, like I was saying, like, I'm looking at the top drawer, and, like, the Lobos were actually sitting well, like, in 2011, 2012. I mean, they were, like, 10-0 and in conference. And, I mean, they had, like – some solid records. So I'm surprised that, that, you know, that they would be just kind of catching wind of you and be sitting at like 10 in this, like this preseason ranking. And you know what I mean? Meanwhile, there's all these other schools that, that are up there. So that's, that's tight that you would end up there. So then you go obviously to New Mexico, you know, I know that, you know, through, through the, the bit you redshirted your first year, Devin obviously was there. That was like his senior year, right. At the same time. Yeah. And then you go through, score your 30 goals, and you set a record, right? You had a scoring record there. Obviously, you have one. That's not going anywhere currently, but. Um, I don't, not, not, um, I don't have a scoring record at UNM. Um, the guy who set the record is like, it's going to be untouchable, obviously. At this point, no program <laughs> um, in the near future. So it was Justin Sells. Um, who's a big coach in New Mexico now um, and and who's impacted a lot of youth players. Uh, I think he's got like 75 goals or something at New Mexico. (laughs) Um, Back in the day, I think I'm at 33 or something like that. So I'm on the list, top 10, but I'm a whole ways away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to go back for uh, another another four years, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's that's cool though, man. And, and and I mean, I really I really liked that part of it. I mean, when when you first got announced uh for New Mexico United, you know, obviously they really spent the time talking about the Quakes and kind of really throwing that out there. You know, when I was it was it was actually very interesting is that in looking at the span of your career, which obviously your pro career is very short right now. But when Reno you know, signed you, they were like, boom, signed New Mexico, New Mexico, uh, uh, University of New Mexico star, Chris Weehan. And, you know, they really like kind of built you up based on like your scoring um, record at, or you know, it's not your scoring record, but just your, you were scoring at New Mexico when you were going to school there. And, and then, you know, at the same time, you got Dane Kelly, who's on your squad. And then you've got uh, Zubak as well. And then there's you. And so it's like you get this feeling that in this first year at Reno, they brought in all this like scoring arsenal 
uh, ultimately to really set up their team. And I'm just imagining that, you know, going from like your high school days up until that point, it's like, man, you've just been doing nothing but scoring the whole time. Like it's just the perfect sort of storybook that's like unfolding, you know? And so going into that expansion team, I know you and I have talked about this a little bit, but I mean, I guess now in this context, um, you know, what, what were you like, if, what were you, what, were, what was your rookie year like for you? You know what I mean? Like what was more of the experience of just being, Oh, like I'm a rookie. Like I'm a, you know, this is a pro career, pro career for me. Yeah. My rookie year was pretty bizarre. Um, hopefully I don't go too far in a tangent with this, but um, so rookie year was kind of similar to the way New Mexico folded in the uh, UNM folded, I should say, because I didn't went to that must common, didn't get drafted, didn't get a preseason invite anywhere, which is essentially what getting drafted is. It's just getting a preseason invite. Um, so didn't get that. And then even teams I was talking, even USL teams, like, um, you know, I'll, I'll name drop. San Antonio interviewed me at the MLS Combine. And after the draft, crickets from them. No phone call. No, they wouldn't answer phone calls, nothing. So Ian Russell in Reno called me right away that, that same day that the draft happened was like, sorry, you didn't get drafted. Like you should have got drafted, but come, come on trial here in Reno. And so pretty much my only choice. So it was an easy choice for me. Um, rookie year was crazy though. Um, wasn't making a lot of money. Uh, was working a second job, was living in a, um, a hotel casino in, in Reno, Nevada. But, you know, it was like crazy times. Same time. It was like, I took the approach, like I get an opportunity to play professional soccer and, you know, it's probably not going to last long. This career is not going to last long. And, you know, it's it's an opportunity in a lot of my buddies and a lot of friends and a lot of, you know, even just the guys I graduated with. Out of six of us, there was only two of us that got an opportunity. So I kind of took that approach like this is an opportunity and just make the most of it and have fun and see where it goes and was on a great attacking team and um, a really good team just overall in, in my rookie year. And so it was really fortunate. I think it was um, – it was great timing, great time, great place to be for me in my rookie year. Now, just out of curiosity, what were you doing as a side job? Where was I working? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yes. I was working at a uh, little restaurant in Reno. It was, um, it was, I was just serving, I was waiting tables. Oh, okay. In the afternoons and evenings, yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah, I just, I wonder, like, you know what I mean? Like, what you would do, like, yeah. you know, like, what complimentary things some people would do, you know, I mean, you're, you're a pro soccer player, you know, so. I think that's something, like, a lot yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, no, I, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to say it was just a great time, great experience, and installed a bit of work ethic in me, which, which has helped me get to where I'm at now. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, your average USL fan, I, I don't know how much they realize that there might still be some players today that, you know, might have to, to do that second gig and, and get by, you know, I don't know if it's any different in 2020 than it was, you know, two or three years ago, but. 
I don't, I don't know. Um, that'd be, that'd be an interesting thing to look into. Um, I know that my, so, so some, a lot of guys will coach, you know, a lot of guys will, will do private lessons or coach. Um, I didn't have that luxury in Reno cause I didn't have a car and, um, I was living in downtown Reno. So I pretty much just looked at what was around me and I went out and, and I just applied restaurants around there. But it's one thing that I tell guys that come in out of college and I tell them, you know, if you're unhappy with your situation or the, or the amount of money you're making, do something, you know, we're fortunate in our schedule that we can work from eight to, you know, one or eight to two. So like, you know, do something four to 10 or four to eight, you know, in the afternoon or, or something. So make the most of your situation if you're unhappy with it. Right. Don't just sit there and say you're unhappy with the situation and then go home and play video games, you know? <laughs> that, that's probably why there's no presence in the uh, EUSL Rocket Cup League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So we wanted to kind of, you know, you know, kind of break into some of these questions we have for you, um, you know, kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and Josh, do you want to take that first one? Yeah, I'll grab that first one. So Chris heading into the preseason. Um, and I think even during the Austin match, uh, the, the beard was a little thicker. Did you trim it a little bit? <laughs> thicker now There's... is it, it was pretty thick. Like in February, is it, are you keeping it going or did you trim it a little bit? I thankfully got a haircut right before we got um the shelter in place and i had it i the barber i go see i had him um touch it up a little bit he kind of trimmed up the sides like up in here um but i've i've just been letting it go right now yeah that's you know? that's what we like to see <laughs> i think everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, man, when I saw you in Austin, like, no joke, I was like, this is like late season Weehan form right here. Like, he is like savage looking. Like, it was just crazy. I was like, and your game was that way too, which was trippy. So, I needed an Austin, that's for sure. I needed a haircut. <laughs> I needed a beard trim in Austin. I was like, yeah, I was like, it's season four. It's yeah. Season four on the first game of the season. Yeah, I was like, okay, all right, let's go. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. <laughs> so then I got the second one. Um, what was your favorite championship city other than Albuquerque uh, to play in? Favorite city to play in other than Albuquerque? It's uh, a tough one because, you know, Orange County is, is home. So I always have family and friends there. Um, Reno is great because it just brings back so many memories. Um, I can't say Reno because that was a tough place for me to play last year. Right? Yeah, you told um, me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Orange County. Orange County is my favorite place. Maybe San Diego this year. I think they they got a an electric atmosphere and and they play at USD, which. I've had success playing there in college and my parents went to school there. And so 
all have family and friends. That looks like a bit more of an atmosphere than Orange County. Orange County, there's like no atmosphere, but it's just nice that I have, you know, 20 people in the stands for myself. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, can't might, beat might, that. might be, it might be San Diego now. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll definitely be checking with you on that one when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next one here we got, so I remember last year, you know, watching whether it was on my laptop on ESPN plus or at the stadium, um, you were taking a pretty good majority of the corner kicks for the team. Uh, and then, you know, a few weeks ago, it looked like Andrew was taking more of them. So is that a, is that a strategy thing from coach this year? Is that just trying to see what works? Who, who's the better corner taker? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've spoken a lot about this. Um, it's uh, such a confidence thing when you go into hit set pieces. Um, and I would say I've lost a little bit of that confidence. But it's, it's something that's preseason a lot um, or this preseason, you know, month or two ago was pieces and, and corner kicks and, and we were just looking at different ideas. And so I, I don't think, um, I think that certainly when things get back going, I'll be on, I'll be on majority of the set pieces, but um, I think it was Andrew Tanari who was hitting some of them in, in um, Austin and, yeah. and he, he puts in a really good ball as well. So, um, you know, myself and the rest of the guys have, I've have confidence when he's on it. So, you know, whatever I'm a team player, whatever, whatever the coaches say, whoever they want on the ball, um, whether it's me or someone else, I'm all for it. So and that's got to be nice for the coach to have, you know, some options there and a little bit of variety, too. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, what's tough for myself is an outswinger is is just different look. And I, I, I prefer an in-swinger. Um, from both sides, so there'd be a lefty from the other side and myself from uh, our left side attacking. So, yeah, so we'll see. There's there's variety. Maybe it's Josh Suggs or someone else whipping in a ball, so we'll see. Cool. So I, I've never played soccer, so, like, the equivalent of taking a corner and being able to put it there, is that about the same as taking, like, a baseline three? Mm-hmm. Is it like hitting a three-pointer? Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, from like the baseline. You know what I mean? Just being able to like kind of pop it in because that's that's an interesting perspective because you'd have to get high enough to be able to kind of get an idea where like the en- entrance point of the rim is. Yeah, so it's such a visual thing for me, and, and that's I think where I've been struggling lately. Is uh, so I, I remember before we saw. And I was I was in corners and like I was hitting them really well, but it was just our guys going in and attacking. And then we were in in Tucson playing, and they have a center back, Atiba Harris, who's like I don't know, he's probably six four, and he's standing like right like at the near post. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get this ball over this guy? Like this guy is massive, you know. And and it was such a a hard visual to look at. And so I'm looking at him like, man, there's just no way I'm getting this ball over this guy. And so there was like the confidence thing, like in my mind, my eyes like couldn't like 
I couldn't see what I was seeing, you know, two days earlier whipping in balls to just our guys running on and attacking them. So yeah, it's, it's a visual thing. Just like, like you're saying, yeah, hitting a three pointer from the, from the baseline probably looks way different than from just straight on right? for those guys. So, okay. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Cause I was like, mm, what's that like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's visual so i gotta just you know trust trust my areas trust where i want to put the ball and then just put it there and then trust guys like caitlin and dev and schmitty are, are gonna get up and, and put it in the back of the net right right i'm gonna be, be paying attention yeah. to that this year for sure you got the next one josh sure um so we know that you're a big golfer so how long have you been playing golf? And are there any big golf accomplishments that you're proud of um, throughout your life? Um, I think when I was in when I was in high school, I started playing. Um, I had a friend in high school who was also interested in it, and neither of us had really played, <laughs> so we would just go out and, and try and make the most of it. My parents got me like a a basic set that had, you know, everything from a putter to a driver um, when I was in high school. And so I started playing with that. And then my dad always played golf and he loved uh, golf growing up. But when he had six kids, uh, he said his, his time playing golf, you know, stopped. Yeah. And so I, I got into it and I think that that encouraged my dad because then he had, now he had a reason to get out on the golf course. He could tell my mom, you know, well, the you know, the boys want to go out and play golf. So it looks like I got, you know, got to take them out and play some golf. <laughs> so that, that's where, that's where I really got in was playing with my dad. Um, and he taught me a lot about the game. And um, so, yeah, I started playing a lot. And then my rookie year in Reno, we had two golf courses that were um, giving us free golf through a partnership they had with the club. So um, we would play like once a week. We'd get out and play with the guys. Um, and then and then San Jose, I, I played a lot of golf as well. Um, and then still playing a lot of golf. Try, try to play once a week. But based on our schedule, it, it can be it can be hard doing that at times. No, I was going to say, I see you, you on social media. You've kind of set up portions of the house to be uh, trick shot areas. <laughs> There's a lot of trick shots on social media, but I don't have that in I don't have that in me. I play I play a little game with my dog that I, I think I'll post on, on social media. I have a couple videos in my back pocket. Yeah, we saw those quarantine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um but I've shot even par once before. Um that was that was good. And then uh I've even been featured in uh in Golf Digest, so that's pretty cool. Nice. That is killer. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I played a little bit of golf when I was younger. I played in high school too. Like I got, I made the varsity squad. Um, I the, think the first year I tried out, like it was like, I was, I was part of this, like uh, it was called golden bear golf or whatever. It was like a Riverside California. And it was like this driving range slash like club. And they basically just, you know, they did like youth club and I was doing really well that year. And then I went to go try out for the golf team. And it just like, it was an epic day because it went from sunny to like rainy. And I was just shanking balls uh -huh. left and right. 
And like, I basically didn't make the squad that year. It's like everything I had worked for for six months went out the door in like a matter of two hours with a guy behind me, you know? And, uh, so yeah. I was super, so I was super bummed. And so I played the whole next year through this like golden bear, uh, golf program and won some tournaments. And then I went out the next year, literally, cause all my friends were on the golf team. So it was kind of like, if you didn't make it, like you weren't going to have these friends, you know? So, so then basically the next year I'm at this driving range and it's like a sunny day and I kid you no joke. It's like rainy all over again. I'm like, oh, damn dude, this is like, it's like the perfect thing for a movie. So then I'm sitting there and I'm just like hitting balls wherever the guy wants them. My confidence is up. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm not going to not make this team again. And so I made the team like my senior year and uh and it was dope man like i had the funnest time playing golf and i really wanted to learn when i was younger because like i saw a lot of old guys playing golf and my my dad was in the air force so it was kind of like this is what you do when you get old you get old you play golf you know and you hang out with your friends so i was like i need to learn this game at a younger age you know because tiger woods was on the radar but it wasn't kind of the reason why i wanted to play i just wanted to kind of set myself up um and uh and I will say that probably the funnest time I had playing golf was breaking my basic set on the course when just trying to go yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone <laughs> loves to hit a long ball. Yeah, I'd golf, say. Golf for me is something I enjoy, but I've, I've never been great at it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hit, I hit the green and, and about <laughs> hit the thin one set up par three in Disney World, and that's about as close as I ever came to a hole-in-one. <laughs> that's pretty epic that's pretty hard it was, that was cool yeah but i'll never come anywhere the close to that ever again <laughs> yeah golf, golf is sick man i'm yeah. looking at my clubs right now i'm like i'll see see what i could put in your bag uh bees i might have something over there that may look good in your bag <laughs> yeah my my clubs are away in the storage right here and it's been it's been tough yeah, right. It's been it's been hard. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, so then I got the next one. Um, well, actually, we'll go to this one. Uh, what have you been doing the past your time on self quarantine? Since you're not you're not really posting a lot of those epic uh, social social uh, distancing videos. So, what have you been doing to to pass the time? Those videos are hard for me, man. I, 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 I struggle with creativity and coming up with something creative for, for people to see. Um, we have a partnership with Elevate and they've been doing really workouts at home. So I've been, I've been, you know, consistently doing, doing workouts, which has been good. My wife and I, we like on hikes. So we've been doing a bunch of hikes. Um, you know, up the Sandias, um, along the river, um, we've been, been hitting it all. So we've been, we've been enjoying that. We have a little dog and she, she likes to hike as well. Um, so I've been doing that. I've done a couple puzzles and to read a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just trying to stay, um, you know, keeping, uh, for the, definitely the first weeks I got off of like a routine, which, which was hard like you start to go to bed later than you do and you start to wake up later than you know you should um so we've been getting my wife and i we've been trying to get better at, at you know setting your day up 
the day ahead and, and sticking to it. Um, but yeah, just trying to stay fit and, and stay active and, and definitely things like puzzles, you know, I never th- would have thought of, but like puzzles kind of like keep my mind going and like keep okay. me thinking. Um, so yeah, that stuff's been fun, but yeah, man, it's been tough. It's been tough for sure. It's just hard. It's weird times right now. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I had an itch to do a puzzle the other day, so I drove over to Target, and they were completely out of puzzles. Um, so I, I built a Lego instead. <laughs> I thought about that. I thought about the Legos. Legos are kind of expensive. It was, I mean, yeah, I, I found like a little $15 Star Wars set, and like that tided me over for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to. I might need to try that. As it well. was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the next one, Josh. Sure. So uh, we'll jump back to the previous one here that we skipped over. Um, so we we talked earlier about your your career with the Lobos, um, and you know we had those thirty something goals. But what is your favorite moment of your Lobo career? What accomplishments did you guys have that that you look back on with a lot of pride? Um, definitely the final four, um, in 2013. So my red shirt freshman year, um, that was a really good team. It was our first year in conference USA and we had a lot of success, um, in conference and then struck, didn't do well in the conference tournament, but, um, just made a run in the NCAA tournament. You know, I think we, that, that run in itself is what is great. Um, so many memories with that and, you know, we we beat a Penn State team, and I don't, I don't think they had a shot on goal. Like, I mean, we 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 were just like hitting our form at the perfect time, um, and then beat Washington in Washington, which is a great story. Field was frozen, and we ended up our coaches bought us indoor shoes, and we played in indoor shoes in Washington one zero. Um, and then final four was just a great experience. Just something that was so unique. It was like, it was kind of like being like treated like a pro at the college level, which we had never experienced. It was, it was just awesome. It was a great memory. That's really cool. Was, I, I might be getting my timelines off here, but was, was Schmitty on that team, the Washington team? Or was he already out at that point? Who's that? Say that again. Uh, you you were talking about beating Washington. Oh, I was wrong. D- didn't Schmidt played for Washington, didn't he? Schmidt was on that team. Yeah, he was on that team. Okay, that's 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 got to be a fun story to rib him about, about every other every now and then, huh? Yeah, Sch- <laughs> Schmidt was on that team. They had that was a good team. They had Christian rolled on and. Um... Um, Schmitty and, and a couple other guys that went on to play pro. Um, and then their head coach had been assistant at UNM under Fish. Um, and then Jeff Rowland was a great player at UNM forward um, and goal scorer for, for the Lobos back when they went to the national championship. And he was the assistant coach at University of Washington. So there's a lot of Lobo history that's, in that. That's a cool story in that game nice that's cool so then last year playing cardiff at unm um how did it feel to be playing again at the uh, at the soccer complex that that was a cool experience um that was a fun game to play and 
Um, you know, they had a legendary head coach and just it's it's fun to see how you match up against a team like that. And, and granted, they're in their preseason, but um, the international games are always fun to play in because teams you don't get to, don't get to see ever and and players that um, you know you like to match up and see you know how you can kind of do at at you know what their championship in uh, in England. So, um, but it wasn't so weird playing at UNM in that game as it was when I first do New Mexico and we played a preseason game against Denver. Although that game was like meant nothing. That was like really weird for me. It was weird to be back in New Mexico. I was like still like kind of like, what am I doing back here? It's kind of <laughs> wild. It hadn't hit me. And then we were playing at UNM. I was just too weird. You know, it was like a lot to take in. But the best thing about playing at at um, UNM that day against Cardiff was just all the fans and summertime and the grass was perfect. Those are the things I, I, and like listening to the national anthem, those are the things that I remember, you know, so vividly about playing in that stadium. And it just felt like it was just like the exact same scenario as all the games I played in college there. Yeah. I was there as a fan at that game. And I remember there was a moment when uh, Gabe Legendry came on and it was like, man, this is like really a pathway for, for local kids to, to get a shot. And, and I remember the crowd going pretty wild at that. Yeah, I think that's like something really cool to see um, and something really inspiring for all youth players is that now there's like a little bit of a pathway. And, and, I, and I know that there's a lot of things in the work to continue to grow that for New Mexico United and you know, potentially a club or an academy down the road um, and a U23 team for, for some of these kids to come back and play. So, uh, yeah, I just hope that it continues to work that way because that's so inspiring. And, you know, anything that we can do to keep soccer improving in New Mexico, you know, we should be doing it. We should be on board. And, and I certainly that New Mexico United is, is in line. I couldn't agree with you more. Right on. You want to take that last one, Josh? Yeah, sure thing. So that, you know, you kind of kind of touched on it a little bit a minute ago, but uh, in your final year at UNM and trying to get a professional contract, did that ever cross your mind that you would be coming back here to play? Did you think we would ever get a professional team in Albuquerque? Was that even on your radar? I never thought it. Um, and I think, I don't know why I just think that like, I don't know. I just never thought that like someone like Peter, the ownership group that he has would have like come along. I don't know. I just think that I, I never saw it. And so I think I never believed it. <laughs> um, I, I, I knew what the soccer community could do. I knew that fans would come. I mean, fans were coming to our game at UNM like in, in the thousands was incredible, you know, for any college environment, uh, let alone Albuquerque, you know. So when they announced the team, I was surprised, but then I wasn't surprised that um, it was going to turn out the way it did. Um, yeah, I, I was certainly, I forget where I was when I found out or what year it was. 
think I was in San Jose when they announced that they were bringing a team the year before. So yeah, I was certain, I was certainly surprised, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be back here and, and it's been, it's been awesome continuing to grow and watch this community come on board. Right on, right on. <clears throat> yeah. Well, we really appreciate, you know, you coming on the show. You know, we've we've been just you're our first player on the Seek and Strike show, in fact. Um, but uh, we truly appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. Um, it's been awesome, just really kind of getting to know you a bit more off the pitch. Um, you know, um, and yeah, so no, I appreciate you guys bringing me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And so, I mean, I guess, is there anything that you'd want to tell the fans? I mean, I know that everyone is doing their best to stay home and wash their hands and, and do the virtual hangouts and, and all that, but is there anything that you really want to tell them that, you know, <laughs> to kind of just lift their spirits and whatnot? I think for me the biggest thing and and I is – you know, I think it's it's hard to stay inside. It's hard to um, really like be diligent with that. But I think more importantly, like if you do go outside, be smart and, and keep your distance, and, and you know certainly don't be big of crowds. But but just be positive and, and stay positive, and you can still smile at people and, and wave and, and be friendly and be nice to people at the grocery store and and you know thank the people that are working hard, you know, cause there are certain people that are, are as some people have stopped working or slowed down. Some people have worked twice as hard through all this. So being thankful and grateful for those people and just continue to be positive and all in this together. It's not about going out and stocking up on toilet paper, you know, cause that's going to make you feel better. It's just trying to come together and you know we're all fighting this together so just be positive happy and and grateful right on right on josh anything you want to say or where can people find you on social media uh yeah man i'm just my name josh kaskin and i'm on facebook and twitter and uh yeah I've, i've enjoyed this this has been fun so thanks for having me right on right on well uh we're going to get out of here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Our guest has been Chris Beezer Weehan, and we out. You've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike podcast, brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL-related podcasts at bgn.fm. To never miss an episode, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.